We're taking up in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita in the chapter entitled The Glories of Lord Nityananda Balaram. And that's in Adi Lila, chapter 5. The descriptions of the tattvas or various truths that designate reality, understanding clearly, ultimately, supreme cause, the musician behind everything that's maintaining us, not just a creation or a creator, but that's maintaining us at every second. It's his energies that are pervasive within every cell of our body, even now, right this second, that are maintaining the universe. This universe is rather incidental. It's caused by the illusion of the living entities and it's a facility for that. And even that is maintained by the energy of the Lord practically nonchalantly as he merely glances over the creation and everything takes place by his energies. So knowing the different categories of energies is especially important. Knowing what's inferior and superior energy because wherever we decide to invest our energy, we're going to reap the result. And in Bhakti Yoga, we understand or come to understand not only what is the source of all energies, but how to give our attention, our love, our service to that original source whose divine intelligence and personality, Krishna. And this is describing Krishna's first expansion, Balaram, who maintains the spiritual world. Actually, he expands into it and makes the facility there. And then by extension, the material world as well. Sarvaga ananta bibu vaikuntadi dham Krishna Krishna avatarer tahai vishram Sarvaga, all-pervading, Ananta, unlimited, Vibhu, greatest, Vaikuntha Adhidham, all the places known as Vaikuntha Loka, Krishna, of Lord Krishna, Krishna Avatarer, of the incarnations of Lord Krishna, Tahai, their Vishrama, the residence, that Vaikuntha region is all-pervading, infinite and supreme, is the residence of Lord Krishna and his incarnations. Tahara upari bhagi Krishna loka kyati Dwarka matura golok trividhate stiti 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare Tahara, of all of them, Uparibhage, on the top, Krishna Loka Kyati, the planet known as Krishna Loka, Dwaraka Mathura Goloka, the three places known as Dwaraka, Mathura, and Vrindavan. Three Vidhatve, in three departments, Stiti, situated. In the highest region of that spiritual sky is a spiritual planet called Krishna Loka. It has three divisions, Dwaraka, Mathura, and Gokula. Sarvapadi Shigalok, Rajalok, Dham, Shigalok, Shwetadipa, Vrindavana, Nam. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Sarva Upari, above all of them, Sri Gokula, the place known as Gokula. Vrajalokadam, the place of Vraja. Shigaloka, the place named Goloka. Shvetadipa, the white island. Vrindavananam, also named Vrindavan. Shigokula, the highest of all, is also called Vraja, Goloka, Shvetadip, and Vrindavana. Sarvaga Ananta Dibu Krishna Tanu Sam Aparyadho Vyaparayche Nahika Niyam Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Like the transcendental body of Lord Krishna, Gokula is all pervading, infinite and supreme. It expands both above and below without any restriction. Purport. Srila Jiva Goswami, the great authority and philosopher in the line of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, has discussed the abode of Krishna in his Krishna Sandharva. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord refers to my abode. Srila Jiva Goswami, examining the nature of Krishna's abode, refers to the Skanda Purana, which states, Yayata Bhuvivartante Puryo Bhavata Bhavatata Priya Tastata Santi Vaikunte Tata Lilartam Adrita The abodes of Godhead in the material world, such as Dwarka, Mathura, and Gokula, are facsimiles representing the abodes of Godhead in the kingdom of God, the Vaikuntha Dham. The unlimited spiritual atmosphere of that Vaikuntha Dham is far above and beyond the material cosmos. This is confirmed in the Swayambhuva Tantra, in a discussion between Lord Shiva and Parvati regarding the effect of chanting the mantra of 14 syllables. There it is stated, Nanakalpa lata kiranam vaikuntam vyapakam smaret ada samyam gunanam cha prakriti sarvakaranam 
While chanting the mantra, one should always remember the spiritual world, which is very extensive and full of desire trees that can yield anything one desires. Below that Vaikuntha region is the potential material energy, which causes the material manifestation. The places of the pastimes of Lord Krishna, such as Dwaraka, Mathura, and Vrindavana, eternally and independently exist in Krishna Loka. They are actual abodes of Lord Krishna, and there is no doubt that they are situated above the material cosmic manifestation. The abode known as Vrindavan or Gokula is also known as Goloka. The Brahma Sanghita states that Gokula, the highest region of the kingdom of God, resembles a lotus flower with thousands of petals. The outer portion of that lotus-like planet is a square place known as Shvetadvip. In the inner portion of Gokula, there is an elaborate arrangement for Sri Krishna's residence with his eternal associates, such as Nanda and Yashoda. That transcendental abode exists by the energy of Sri Baladev, who is the original whole of Shesha, or Ananta. The Tantras also confirm this description by stating that the abode of Sri Anantadev, a plenary portion of Baladev, is called the Kingdom of God. Vrindavan and Dham is the innermost abode within the quadrangular realm of Shvetadvipa, which lies outside of the boundary of, Goloka, of Gokula Vrindavan. According to Jiva Goswami, Vaikuntha is also called Brahmalok. The Narada Pancharatra, in a statement concerning the mystery of Vijay, describes Tatsarvo Parikoduke Tatra Loko Pari Swayam Biharet Paramanandi Govindo Tulyanayaka. The predominator of the gopis, Govinda, the principal deity of Gokula always enjoys himself in a place called Goloka, in the topmost part of the spiritual sky. From the authoritative evidence cited by Jiva Goswami, we may conclude that Krishna Loka is the supreme planet in the spiritual sky, which is far beyond the material cosmos. For the enjoyment of transcendental variety, the pastimes of Krishna there have three divisions. And these pastimes are performed in the three abodes, Dwarka, Mathura, and Gokula. When Krishna descends to this universe, he enjoys the pastimes and places of the same name. These places on earth are non-different from those original abodes, for they are facsimiles of those original holy places in the transcendental world. They are as good as Sri Krishna himself and are equally worshipable. Lord Chaitanya declared that Lord Krishna, who presents himself as the son of the king of Raja, is worshipable, and that Vrindavan Dham is equally worshipable. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare. 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Rama Nande Prakashtar, Krishna Ra Ichai, Ek I Swaruptar Nahi Duikai. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Ramande, within the material world, Prakash, manifestation, Tara, Avit, Krishna Ichchai, by the supreme will of Lord Krishna, Akhi, it is the same, Swarup, identity, Tara, Avit, Nahi, not Dui, two, Kai, bodies. That abode is manifested within the material world by the will of Krishna. It is identical to that original Gokula. They are not two different bodies. The above mentioned tamas are movable by the omnipotent will of Lord Krishna. When Sri Krishna appears on the face of the earth, he can also make his tamas appear without changing their original structure. One should not discriminate between the Toms on the earth and those in the spiritual sky, thinking those on earth to be material and the original abodes to be spiritual. All of them are spiritual. Only for us who cannot experience anything beyond matter in our present conditioned state do the Toms and the Lord himself in his archa form appear before us resembling matter to give us the facility to see spirit with material eyes. In the beginning, this may be difficult for a neophyte to understand. But in due course, when one is advanced in devotional service, it will be easier and he will appreciate the Lord's presence in these tangible forms. Javi Jamuna Tira Vanachari 
Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Now please turn to the Sri Brahma Sanhita, verse number 43. <speaking in Hebrew> Golokanamni, in the planet known as Goloka Vrindavan, Nijadhamni, the personal abode of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Tale, in the part underneath, Cha, also, Tasya of that, Devi of the goddess Durga, Mahesh of Lord Shiva, Hari of Narayan, Dhamesu, in the planets, Teshu Teshu, in each of them, Tete, those respective, Prabhava Nichaya, opulences, Vihita, established, Cha, also, Yena, by whom, Govin. Govinda, Adi Purusham, the original person, Tam, him, aham, I, Bajami, worship. Brahma says, lowest of all is located Devi Dham, mundane world. Above it is Mahesh Dham, abode of Mahesh. Above Mahesh Dham is placed Hari Dham, abode of Hari. And above them all is located Krishna's own realm named Goloka. I adore the primeval Lord Govinda, who has allotted 
their respective authorities to the rulers of those graded realms. The realm of Goloka stands highest above all others. Brahma looking up to the higher position of Goloka is speaking of the other realms from the point of view of his own realm. The first in order is this mundane world called Devidam, consisting of the 14 worlds, that is, Satyalok, etc. Next above Devidam is located Shivadam, one portion of which called Mahakaladam is enveloped in darkness. Interpenetrating this portion of Shivadam, there shines the Sadashivaloka, full of great light. Above the same appears Haridam, or the transcendental Vaikuntha Loka. The potency of Devidam in the form of the extension of Maya and that of Shivaloka consists of time, space, and matter. Are the potency of the separated particles pervaded by the penumeral? Okay, somebody look it up. Penumeral reflection of the subjective portion of the divinity. Penumeral, like penultimate. But Haridam is ever resplendent with transcendental majesty. And the great splendor of all sweetness predominates over all other majesties in Goloka. The Supreme Lord Govinda, by his direct and indirect power, has constituted those respective potencies in those realms. Penubral, please. Uh-oh. It seems a space of partial illumination as in an eclipse between the perfect shadow on all sides and the full light. Wow. Thank you. And now turn to Vaikuntashchami Tovara Marupari Tatra Pirasotsava Vrindaranya now we're going to the Sri Upadeshamrita. Oh, wow. We'll start a little higher, though, than I just did for that. Vaikuntas Janito Vara Madhupuri Tatra Pirasotsava Vrindaranya Mudarapani Ramanatta Trapiko Vardanaha Radha Kunamiha Piko Kulapate Premam Ratapla the holy plates known as Matura is spiritually superior to Vaikuntha, the transcendental world, because the Lord appeared there. Superior to Matura Puri is the transcendental forest of Vrindavan, because of Krishna's Rasa Leela pastimes. And superior to the forest of Vrindavan is Govardhan Hill. For it was raised by the divine hand of Sri Krishna and was the site of his various loving pastimes. 
And above all, the super excellent Sri Radha Kunda stands supreme, for it is overflooded by the ambrosial nectarian prema of the Lord of Gokula, Sri Krishna. Where then is that intelligent person who is unwilling to serve this divine Radha Kunda, which is situated at the foot of Govardhan Hill? The spiritual world is three-fourths of the total creation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and it is the most exalted region. The spiritual world is naturally superior to the material world. However, Mathura and the adjoining areas, although appearing in the material world, are considered superior to the spiritual world because the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself appeared at Mathura. The interior forests of Vrindavan are considered superior to Mathura because of the presence of the twelve forests, Dwadasha Vana, such as Talavan, Madhuvana, and Bahulavan, which are famous for the various pastimes of the Lord. Thus, the interior Vrindavan forest is considered superior to Mathura, but superior to these forests is the divine Govardhan Hill, because Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill like an umbrella, raising it with his lotus-like beautiful hand to protect his associates, denizens of Raja, from the torrential rains sent by the angry Indra, king of the demigods. It is also at Govardhan Hill that Krishna tends the cows with his cowherd friends, and there also he had his rendezvous with his most beloved Sri Radha and engaged in loving pastimes with her. Radha Kunda at the foot of Govardhan is superior to all because it is there that love of Krishna overflows. Advanced devotees prefer to reside at Radha Kunda because this place is the site of many memories of the eternal loving affairs between Radha and Krishna, Krishna and the Radha Rani, Rati Bilas. In Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila, it is stated that when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu first visited the area of Vrajabhumi, he could not at first find the location of Radha Kunda. This means that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is actually searching for the exact location of Radha Kunda. Finally, he found the holy spot, and there was a small pond there. He took his bath in that small pond and told his devotees that the actual Radha Kunda was situated there. Later, the pond was excavated by Lord Chaitanya's devotees, headed first by the six Goswamis, such as Rupa and Raghunath Das. Presently, there is a large lake known as Radha Kunda there. Srila Rupa Goswami has given much stress to Radha Kund because of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's desire to find it. Who then would give up Radha Kund and try to reside elsewhere? No person with transcendental intelligence would do so. The importance of Radhakunda, however, cannot be realized by other Vaishnava sampradayas, nor can persons uninterested in the devotional service of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu understand the spiritual importance and divine nature of Radhakunda. Thus, Radhakunda is mainly worshipped by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, the followers of Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Lilitandena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha 
Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Garadhara Shivasadi Gauravakta Vinda Mitainamine Chena Mirhate Sharamuyenam Dite Chena Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Raja Bhagavan Brajesha Tanyasta Dhamma Vrindavana Ramyakta Chitupasana Vraja Vidu Vardhina Vokopita Srimad Bhagavatam Pramana Mamalam Prema Pumarka Mahan Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Matayadaya Snapara The opinion of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu These are the teachings of Mahaprabhu in essence according to the Chaitanya Manjusha Raju Bhagavan Vrajeshatanyasta Dhamma Vrindavana. Can you check the. Thank you. Um, first is that the Lord and his abode are non different. Raju Bhagavan Vrajeshatanyasta Dhamma Vrindavana. There's no difference between Krishna and his divine abode, Vrindavan. Ramya Kachidupasana Vrajabhadu Vargena Vokopita. The highest method of worshipping the Godhead is that which is conceived by the gopis of Vrindavan. Srimad Bhagavatam is the ultimate authority on everything and the ultimate goal of life is prema, to attain prema. This essentializes the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So one we heard about today from the Chaitanya Charamrita and also from the Upadeshamrita and the Sri Brahma Samhita is a clear mapping of the graded realms of the material and spiritual world. And these realms are graded according to the consciousness of the living entities. They're a facility provided for living entity 
according to his or her consciousness. Are you on this, Monisha, figuring it out, what's happening? Yes, it's someone on Jen's mind being too deep and slow, so I'm doing my best. Okay. Thank you. Please start fire alarm. Oh. Krishna confirms in the Bhagavad Gita that he is facilitating our impetus, our desires and proclivities. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the ultimate uh, and origin of all other entities. He's completely spiritual. It means he has no Icha or Dvesha. No involvement with matter, no desire or hatred for anything material. He's only facilitating the living entities by fulfilling their desires since when? Since a time immemorial. Every desire the living entity manifests, which takes place by, in a human form, the living entity's desire comes in a subtle form and then proceeds upwardly and becomes more and more grossified until it comes out in the form of speech. And then the desires manifest in the external environment and begin to take more and more shape through the material energy. And the Supreme Personality of Godhead is fulfilling the desires of the living entities he arranges for that material facility and he is also the substance that makes up that material facility it's all emanating from him when a living entity after many many births and deaths realizes that it's a futile attempt trying to arrange the material nature in such a way that one can become happy and this can take millions and millions of births. Bahunam Jamanamante Gyanava Mam Prapadite Vasudeva Sarvamiti Sa Mahatma Sadur Labaha. Till one becomes a great soul. Great soul means one who has developed uh, an emotional attraction towards the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Whether he or she knows who that Supreme Personality of Godhead is, there's a, a mood within the heart of such a person that I've tried everything. You may not write it on paper and say, I tried everything and list everything, but there's a definite determination within the heart that I've been here before, I already did this. It's all been done and more. And as Prahlad Maharaj confirms, punak punach charvita charvananam, you tried it, you keep trying it in different forms, recycling it. It's the same substance, just the different colors and shapes. You're not going to get anything out of it. So at that time, the living entity who's fortunate, 
Ramanda Brahmate Kon Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhaktivata Beach. He comes to the end of his material existence, just like as Akura said when he was entering Vrindavan and praying to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Just like a log is floating and floating, and it appears that it'll float forever, but sometime it may come to the shore. It's such a rare thing. The living entity in the material world is moving from one life to another with no hope of ever getting out, ever. But somehow or other, some by some good fortune, just like a log, somehow or other, it reaches the shore. So the living entity who comes in contact by good fortune with devotees, and then the desire within his or her heart fructifies that I don't want this material world, I want to surrender to the Supreme, whoever that, whomever that may be, I don't know who it is, but the mood awakens in the heart. And then by the facility of association with Vaishnavas, those who already are full of momentum towards worshiping the personal form of the Lord, which is the highly developed external manifestation of that desire that there are those who have had that desire, have had that good fortune, have received it and taken full advantage of it and have become, they're infused with the spiritual energy, having uh, come in contact with devotees and having given themselves to the process of worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that that living entity becomes fortunate after wandering, Brahmande Brahmate Kon Bhagyavan Jeev. Bhagyavan means fortune. You get fortune. Suddenly you become fortunate because now you've come in contact, you've hit the shore, and now a miracle has happened. Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhaktivata Beach. By the mercy of the Guru, one gets Krishna. Through the example of the Guru, says, okay, I want to be like that. And through the instruction of the guru, it says, okay, I understand. Uh, I hear something that wakes up my desire to actually worship the personality of Godhead. Like a guru will be speaking on Bhagavat and say, Kambadaya this is a verse by Sri Uddhava who says, who would surrender anywhere else except to Krishna? Because Krishna gave mercy even to Putana. What a horrible person Putana was. She wanted to kill children. She did kill children. She came to kill Krishna, but he just considered, okay, you came dressed as a mother. You offered me your breast, even though you tried to poison me. I accept you. He says, who would accept anyone else? So a devotee then hears from a Vaishnav these words and thinks, oh, let me try. Let me try for this. And then 
Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Tesham Satata Yuktanam Pachitam Pritipurvakam, Dadami Puddha Yogam Tam Yenamamupayantite. If you express even an iota, could you look up iota, please? If you look up, if you if you express even an iota of desire, let's hear what it is first before I continue. Iota. An extremely small amount. Where does it come from? An extremely small amount. Where's that word from? Uh, it comes from Greek, iota, and then it became English. What language? Greek. Huh? Greek. Greek. Sounds Greece. Greek. Iota. Iota. If you can, if if by this combination of being tired of wandering in the material world and somehow or other contacting a Vaishnav, knowingly or unknowingly, you hear something, you see something, it there's a combustion of that. And, it, and then it awakens in you an iota of desire that let me try for this. Let me put down my guard against everyone else and especially against the supreme personality of godhead like i surrender it's like i'm going to try for it that's the day of fortune for a living entity because then krishna says tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam now krishna is waiting there to give intelligence dadami buddhi yogam tam he says i'm simply waiting and i'll give the Buddhi, the intelligence, how you can come to me. So then people find themselves, oh, I'm just noticing now the Hare Krishna movement. I was talking yesterday with a few God brothers in a meeting and they were recalling how important timing is. And one devotee was talking about a God brother who had been to one of Prabhupada's lectures as a student, but he didn't actually listen to it. He had no recognition that there was even a, a sadhu there speaking. He just happened to walk through the hall on his way to a class when, the, when it was going on. And it wasn't until two years later when he became interested in the process of devotional service that he connected back and thought, oh yeah, I remember I walked through that hall <laughs> and he was speaking. He couldn't hear it at the time. It wasn't the time for him. And in the in the Bhakti Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami writes about a, a materialistic person who was building his capitalistic empire. He had a big enterprise going on. But one day when he was walking through the town, he heard a mother who was calling to her daughter and said, now's the time to come home. And when he heard that, Somehow, by a combination of circumstances, it was regist it registered in his mind as, oh, I should surrender to God. It's time to come home. <laughs> At that time, his desire, whatever it was, wherever he had found it, wherever, however it had accumulated in heart, it fructified. And he, his desire awoke. And then Krishna gave him intelligence. 
how to come to him step by step. So then Krishna gives the buddhi, the intelligence of where is that? Where is that uh, goal that you should go for? And according to the kind of association we get, uh, we'll develop a desire for a particular goal. So as we just heard, the esoteric regions of the spiritual world, which are known to those in a particular mood, this was noticed, uh, it, it's noted in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Uttara, the mother of Prikshit, you know this, after Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken, there was a little time before that and when Prikshit would be bitten by the snake bird. And his mother, Uttara, uh, came to speak to him privately and asked him to give the essence of what he had heard from Shukadeva Goswami. So he gave, at that time, a very essential teaching called the Brihat, which is now recorded in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Uttara says to him, there must be a special place for those who worship God uh, in a very intimate way, who desire to have his association as with natural friendly love, friendship, intimate servitorship, even parental mood. She notes there are devotees like this. So there must, she says, be a realm to accommodate that because she's a very wise person. And as I said in the beginning, there's a realm to accommodate every living entity and a body to accommodate every living entity. So she essentially asked, what is that realm? Please tell me. And he goes on to explain not only what the realm is, but also how one goes there. How does, how does Gopakumar make it to the realm? Interesting story because he doesn't even know where it is, but he receives some fortune by getting a mantra. And the mantra is emanating from that realm. And by repeating the mantra again and again, he has a vision of his deity, Madan Gopal, in that realm. And he's drawn inextricably to the realm. Krishna helps him. Dadami buddhi yogam tam by chanting the mantra. One step after another. In fact, he he makes it to various realms. He goes to all the different doms, sees all the different expansions of the personality of Godhead. But by the power of the mantra and by Krishna's arrangement, in all of them, although he recognizes the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he still feels there's an onward journey somewhere else. There's home somewhere until he comes all the way back to Goloka Vrindavan. As indicated in the Upadeshamrita, those who uh, wish to go to that realm approach through Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabodhananda Saraswati Thakur mentions Yata Yata Gora Padara Vinde. It's by approaching the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that a desire for that realm, Goloka Vrindavan, will awaken one's heart. What we heard about the very um, esoteric, practically private information about 
these uh, graded realms up to Radakuns and Govardhan Hill can be the desire for them, the realization of what they are, can be realized, says Prabhunanda Saraswati, by worshiping Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Why? Because Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Anarpita Charim Chirat Karuna Yavatirna Kalau Samarpayitum Unito Jwararasam Subhakti Shriyam. Krishna thinks, for a long time, I've not revealed that realm, Gokula, the place of my intimate pastimes with those imbued with a, a kind of love that you don't see anywhere else. You don't even hear about it. As Kaviraj Goswami explains, this is the place where Krishna relishes love with his devotees. Uh, it is a realm in which he appreciates the chastisements of his intimate devotees. His friends will say, you're no big man. I could take you any day of the week. Let's wrestle. His lovers, they say, you know, Krishna comes and Lalita says, Radharani doesn't want to see you, go away. So Kaviraj Goswami says, when he's chastised by his most intimate, loving devotees, in these intimate dealings, he enjoys that more than the hymns of the Vedas, the reverent hymns of the Vedas. You'll hear, Brahmadas performing special yagyas and all the reverent hymns of the, of the Vedas. He doesn't even hear those. He's str straining to hear what his most intimate devotees will say. So Krishna has a desire to reveal himself to the souls of the world. And it happens in of all times, Kali Yuga. And he, Krishna, manifests in this particular Kali Yuga as a combination of Radha and Krishna for his own purposes, actually. He wants to taste what Radharani's tasting, which is more than he tastes as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, when Krishna comes as the combination of Radha and Krishna, incidentally, he also distributes the Yuga Dharma, which is usually distributed by an empowered soul or uh, uh, an incarnation of Narayan, either one, to give the Yuga Dharma. But in this Kali Yoga, he comes as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Radha Krishna Nahi Anya, it's a combination of Radha and Krishna. And therefore he teaches the process of Yuga Dharma, but it's imbued with this mood of pure love for Krishna and Goloka Vrindavan and Gokula Vrindavan. Arajo Bhagavan Vrajeshatanayasta Dharma Vrindavan Ramya Kachirupasana Brajaradu Vardhita Bokopita and he teaches that in such a way that even a beginner can start and come from the 
lowest region of material existence all the way up to the highest uh, conception. So the information that we receive here is important because as we become more refined in our practice of devotional service, we'll develop a desire to associate with Krishna or serve him rather in uh, uh, more and more intimate ways through uh, serving Sri Taitanya Mahaprabhu. Those desires naturally develop and by chanting Hare Krishna, as we discussed this morning, as in the mood uh, given by the followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and by chanting the mantras passed down, those who take diksha, all of these together, and the association devotees and the service to the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, bring us uh, to the path that takes us to Goloka Vrindavan. So uh, that's what we're distributing, and that's what's available to everybody in the Kali Yuga uh, by the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Om Tat Sat. And now we'll just take a couple of reflections. I'm opening up the board to see if there's anything on it. Sri Madhava Mahotsava says the Udila Aruna song where Lord Chaitanya is going on Harinam Sankirtan in the morning reminds me of when you were doing Harinam around the block in New York and devotees were distributing pamphlets. I was very inspired. It's my favorite place to do Harinam is morning Harinam Nagar Sankirtan in New York City in Brooklyn. And uh, for many years when we were there, we just go out. Actually, I lived in New York for three years. And we just go out the door. In New York, you can just go out the door anywhere and do Sankirtan. You don't have to go anywhere. You're already there in New York. <laughs> and recently, uh, at the Brooklyn, New Brooklyn Temple on Schirmerhorn, over the last 10 years, I've been, or 20 years, time goes, who, who's counting? Um, <laughs> after Bhagavatam class, we would just go right out the door and go around the block. And it's amazing. People are just waking up. They're going to work and they think they just got up recently. They got their headphones in, their game face on, going to work. And here we are blasting out. We've been there since Mangalartik and chanted 16 rounds, sitting down on the floor without moving. And now we heard the Bhagavatam class. And then we just burst out the door with the devotees and go around the block. And the looks on people's faces are priceless. Some of them ignore us completely, like you don't exist. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know what you, <laughs> what, why you're doing this even. And other people, they try to hold back their smiles. Some people are very open-hearted. They start to dance and so forth. And then we go and we'd, uh, uh, we'd open the doors in some of the uh, shops when we see in there, this is pre-pandemic, and we just noticed what their mood was. If they weren't against it, if they didn't say go away, everybody would go in. And we'd go right in the shop and have Harinam inside. We have videos of this. And, and we just go crazy. It was so ecstatic. I mean, you're just bursting with happiness because you're there, the sun's coming up, 
uh, people are going out to, to work various places and the holy names going on. So Sri Madhava Mahotsava knows he goes out to Venice Beach and, and just broadcasts the holy name so everybody can hear it. And you can notice in the videos that people, some people just walk by him like the, <laughs> they pretend they're not. How could you pretend Sri Madhava Mahotsava is not there with him pounding that drum that you can hear from here to Mount Kilimanjaro and the holy name is displayed there. So, you know, that's why I said in the beginning, the living entities, if they can ignore Sri Madhava Mahotsava, they can ignore anything. And that's the material world. It's a, it's a, a collective agreement. Everyone signs, signs when they come to the material world, say, okay, if you're going to come in here, you got to pretend there is no Supreme Personality of Godhead. You have to sign this little document that you'll go along with this whole scam of ignoring God completely. Are you, are you up for that? Okay, I'll sign. Okay, you can come in. And, but some people blow it. Uh, eventually they go like, I can't do it anymore. I quit. It's like, all right, you're out of, the, you're out of our group. You can't be part of the material world anymore. And Krishna says, okay, we got plenty of room. We'll take you in, no problem. So the second one is uh, Sukeshri as a question. Sada Shiva is Vishnu himself, but Rudra and Shiva and Shiva uh, in the material world, why do they have a place in the spiritual world? Um, Sada Shiva is the, um, the messenger of Lord Vishnu in the personified form of his glance. So Vishnu, as we know, doesn't have anything to do with the material world. He's neutral. Samoham Sarvabhuteshu means uh, I don't get involved. I'm neutral to the whole thing because he wants to create an environment in which the living entities can uh, gravitate towards their desires and he'll facilitate it according to their wish so that he doesn't get involved. He wants the living entity to independently choose to surrender to him. Otherwise, there's no love. And so who does, how does he then, as Mahavishnu, uh, orchestrate the creation of the material world, which is full of ignorance? When he glances at the material world, he takes the form of Sadashiva. And that glance, but through that glancing process, Sadashiva then, who is Vishnu, but uh, who is like uh, milk, but it's touched by a little a culture of dai yogurt. And then it, it transforms. So it's, it's milk, yes, but it's not. It's transformed. So Shiva's like that. And... In the spiritual world, the, all of the um, demigods, like uh, Shiva is there in Vrindavan. He, do, he wants his service too. He's a great Vaishnav. So he does uh, service there in the, in the spiritual world to protect the Dham. So when you go to Vrindavan, you know, you're supposed to go visit uh, the form of Lord Shiva first, who's protecting the Dom. We do it when we're on the Parikram in, in uh, Navadweep. Uh, we go down to 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birthplace, and there is the form of Lord Shiva who's guarding the Dham. He, he, uh, he does that service there. So he's there in the spiritual world also doing his uh, service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sanatana Goswami, if you visit his Bhajan Kutir in Vrindavan, which I'm sure you have, he's right next to uh, Lord Shiva there. He's a very important um, devotee in the Dham. Next one is Dennis and Karina. Uh, let's see, I wondered what is the definition of a disciple in our tradition? Definition of a disciple is a, um, well, disciple means discipline. And it means that one who voluntarily follows the spiritual master and disciplines him or herself. So in the uh, <clears throat> process of accepting uh, diksha, there's an, a, there's an agreement between the guru and the disciple that you have to uh, follow my example. I'm a disciple. The guru is just a disciple who's following another disciple, who's, who's uh, following the discipline. This is what Rupa Goswami says, vacho vegam manasakroda vegam jihva vegam udarapasta vegam etan vegam yo vishahe tadhira sarvamapimam pritivimsa shisha. How is it that one's guru? Uh, vacho vegam, controlling the senses, based on the shastra and the guru, guru shastra and sadhu. He follows that path not the path of the senses. Everyone follows the path of the senses in the material world. And just uh, whatever the senses do, they're bad masters. They just, you eat now. And you say, yes, sir. And now you, I tell you what, what else I want you to do for me. I want you to work <laughs> hard for me. And say, yes, master. Yes, boss. And so just follows the boss. And then when somebody wakes up, from that uh, tyranny it says no more i'm not going to follow these guys anymore they never did anything for me they're just torturing me then he says i'm going to follow krishna love the buddhis he gains his intelligence in the process we described earlier and says no more i'm going to follow krishna and how does one follow krishna by first of all following the shastra Krishna says in the Gita, you don't follow Shastra, you're not going to get much out of life. You're not going to get the supreme destination. You're not going to get any kind of perfection if you don't follow. So a disciple is one who follows the scripture, has faith in the scripture, and says, I'm going to follow it. And that the guru is the representative, the living representative of the scripture. Say, so, okay, that's how to follow. And there's two agents. One is the passive agent, which is the Shastra. It says, you, you should do this. And then the active agent is the Guru, who's the representative of the Shastra, the Diksha Guru. And will say, this is how you have to follow. And you, the passive agent won't come knock on your door and say, wake up. It's time to get up. But the Guru will 
said, what are you doing that for? You should do this, not that. Or you can ask questions directly. So the disciple is one who's disciplined and agrees to follow. He or she has faith that the Shastra is coming from Krishna and that the guru is representative of that Shastra, is the ideal of one's, here's what it looks like when you follow Shastra. So I'm going to follow Guru Sadhu and Shastra. And when one disciplines oneself to do that, then one is known as a disciple. Disciple means discipline. By the way, the word discipline comes from a Latin word, which means learner. Without discipline, we don't learn anything. We just get pushed around. Is everyone okay? I'll just do a couple more. Narayan writes, this looks like a, a question here from Narayan. When spiritual Goloka Dham, Gokula Dham, spiritual Gokula Dham world is so perfect, beautiful, excellent, and limited compared to the material world in terms of devotees, associates, spirituality, etc., as described by verses today, why would Lord Krishna's Supreme Personality of Godhead would like or take note of contaminated activities, japa, offerings, services, etc., offered by us, particularly me? Why would Lord Krishna? Accept contaminated offerings? Well, I'm not sure if I understand the question completely, but uh, Krishna's Krishna's very merciful. And both his mercy incarnation is a spiritual master. I mean, this overlaps with the last question. Krishna manifests in this world. One of his forms is as there are two, two forms of guru in this world, actually three. There's a Vartmana Prajakshika guru, who's the one through whom Krishna introduces us to the path of Krishna consciousness. It could be anybody. And the other two forms, Krishna manifests through a particular person is uh, a shiksha guru, somebody who gives instruction. And then there's the Diksha Guru. These are all special mercy manifestations. And we find that uh, the Guru will accept our service on behalf of Krishna. And so why would Krishna accept contaminated service? Well, uh, a Guru generally is a Madhyama Adhikari. Madhyama Arikari's business is to go out and find people who are innocent and open to Krishna consciousness and then encourage them to make advancement. And such a person would accept some contaminated service because that guru knows that even if there's an iota of desire to serve Krishna, and Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati Thakur puts it like this, if there's mixed devotional service, means contaminated with something else, he said, there's an element of pure devotional service in it. Otherwise, <laughs> what is the mixture? And the Madhyamadikari preacher guru sees that and then encourages the devotee, fans the spark that, yes, keep going. Because devotional service is so powerful. Jatashrata makatasu nirvina sarvakarmasu. There's a verse by Lord Krishna where he says, if you're doing contaminated devotional service, don't get discouraged. Keep going. 
because eventually the pure devotional service will win out. And there's uh, like the pan scales. In the beginning, here's material life, here's spiritual life. Material life weighs a lot more. In, <laughs> spiritual life is just a little featherweight on there. But gradually, as we put more onto the spiritual scale, it tips it more and more until there's no sense of worldliness anymore. Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes, and you'll find this in the, his uh, Prabhupada mentions his commentary in verse 17 of the Sri Shapanishad. He says that when the scales are like this, you see they're almost equal, then sometimes worldliness becomes a little more prominent in our life. And then he, he then quotes Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, Apichet Sutarasharo Bhajate Mamanandyabhak. He said, if my devotee's trying to put on something on this side of the scale, the spiritual scale, but the material scale wins out and he becomes apparently worldly minded again. He said, you don't criticize that devotee. He said, you actually have to consider that person to be a saint because they're, they're following the path of the saints. And the reason he said, because he or she is following that path sincerely, even though they're blowing it left, right, and center, very soon they're going to become perfect because of the power of the process. Shukadeva Goswami says, you could be from the most fallen section of the human society. Don't worry about it. If you're connected to a Vaishnav, the power of Vishnu is coming through and you're going to come to the top level because of that power. Quintessential verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's how Krishna accepts our service through the Guru and through the Vaishnavs. And if we take advantage of it, there's every opportunity for us to come out of the contamination and come to the, to the highest level, highest conception of spiritual practice. Two more, hey, Kevala Bhakti is here. We often read in Srila Prabhupada's purports that of the 8,400,000 species of life, 400,000 human species, this seems high. Is this elaborated, explained anywhere? Not that I know of. I've looked around, I have not found a detailed explanation of that, but I'll keep looking for you, Kevala Bhakti. Um, let's see, in Vrindavan pastimes from Sringar Ras, a, a good uh, name for someone asking about Vrindavan pastimes. In Vrindavan pastimes, Lord Krishna's body changes from a baby to that of youth. How do we understand that Lord Krishna's body is changeless? Because uh, he, each one of his bodies is eternal. It's not that he's, um, each one of his, his pastimes is eternal and each one of his bodies is eternal. It's not that, you know, he has a material body and it's changing from boyhood to youth, old age. He's simply manifesting a different pastime simultaneously and continuously in each place. And actually, those pastimes go on again and again and again. So as you'll read in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, you know, Krishna is going to Mathura, that heart-rending uh, pastime where he leaves of Vrindavan and goes to Mathura and the gopis try to block his chariot and uh, everyone's in, dis in dismay that he's just left Vrindavan. That happens repeatedly. 
it's always going on. It's not that it happens and then you have to wait around, but it's it's eternal. It's nitya lila. Each one of his pastimes is nitya, eternal, continuously going on. The other aspect of Krishna's transcendental form and forms that he manifests in order to reciprocate the mood of love of each one of his devotees is that they're always adbhuta. And this is the main feature of the spiritual world, that it's always fresh and new and therefore amazing. In the material world, you look at things in a new light because maybe it's a new day. You look at somebody and it's like, oh, you look a little different today, <laughs> maybe a little better uh, because you're in a better mood. You're looking at your perceptions different. But Krishna actually is more uh, astoundingly beautiful every time the devotees look at them, look at him, and they could never uh, get enough of seeing his beauty. It's inconceivable, practically, in the material world where we're used to entropy, everything degrading, falling apart, getting worse. We're, we're astounded by that. How did that happen? But in the spiritual world, they're astounded in the other way, that Krishna's continually, his forms are becoming more and more, uh, they're always fresh, new, and always uh, better than the last time that you saw the, uh, Krishna's form. So that brings us to the end of our, this portion of our program. Onward, back to Goloka Vrindavan. Hare Krishna. Thank you, everybody. Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman. Hey, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman.